What's going on everybody? This is Jeremy from Going Deep with Matthew and Jeremy. So episode 67 was a little long, so we're going to go ahead and cut it in two parts. So make sure you stay tuned after this episode for part B. Much love, everybody. Every position I got a diamond at, but if I'm not getting a Mushu, you ain't getting a Jeremy. <laughs> what? I feel like a young no more. Right to us. We're very friendly. <laughs> Much love. Welcome back, everybody. Going deep with Matthew and Jeremy. Episode number 67. We are back. I believe I even have something for that. Finally! Finally, we are back after uh, missing last week. But today I have a special guest to me. Uh, a special guest host. Guest host, um, the author of the Brother on Baseball blog, which you can find on sportbums.com. Jamal. Hello. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. <laughs> Greetings. Thanks, Jamal. Um, I really want to say thank you, first of all, for coming out here. Um, I know it's a little bit of drive to come in the studio with me today. I've been waiting for my chance. I, <laughs> so I told you before, a um, little background on Jamal. Uh, we've known each other for almost like five, six years already. Yep. It's been a little while. Um, you've always been a great, great baseball mind. And um, I think you've been a big supporter since day one. Of the show, and we've talked. We, so this is the Jamal we've actually talked about on air a handful of times. Yes, um, yes it is. <laughs> I've always said it. I love the comments you give us on the show. What we're missing? Hey, this is a great point. Did you ever think about this? Um, no, you were wrong. That that actually didn't occur that year. This occurred five years before. Whatever it might be, because you know Maddie's wrong half the time. Um, but I'm really excited to get you in here. But before we start off our episode, we got to start with the one thing we normally do, which is our random question of the day. All right, let's have it. Our random oh, question. Wait, 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 wait. Before what do you we got? go. How are you feeling today? Oh, you see? <laughs> That's how I know you listen. That's how I know you listen. I'm doing phenomenal like usual. Make sure you get your phenomenal gear. Um, see, that's how I know you listen. Um, you got me. <laughs> um, random question of the day today uh, brought to you by the uh, Teresa elderberries which you can find on instagram at i, think, I believe it's that Teresa elderberry at on instagram is the handle um random <laughs> you got me off guard now with the <laughs> phenomenal thing um the random question of the day was actually movie related as i believe okay. the oscars were yesterday yes. um if you could switch your life with one person in a movie Okay. Who would it be? So you jump in and you are that character. So if I said I'm going to be Tony Stark, I jump in for Robert Downey Jr. tomorrow. Right, you're Tony Stark. Well, I actually, I couldn't come up with who I'd, I'd want to be, but Tony Stark was one of them until he died. Yeah, right. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, well, it doesn't work out for Tony. Yeah, it doesn't work out for me. Spoiler um, for folks who haven't realized If you haven't that. seen it, but it's literally two years almost to the day. Yes. I think like it was Friday or something like that, right. which was like the two-day anniversary right. of it, two or two-year anniversary of it. Um, you can switch your life with somebody in a movie. Who would it be? Okay, so I could switch my life with anyone. Yeah, you step in and you are them. Okay, because their life is, I mean, who knows? Who you know? I'll go with. This is kind of out of left field, but these movies are they're ridiculousness, but they're near and dear to my heart. I would be Dominic Toretto. Okay, Fast and the Furious. You're gonna jump in and be Dom and just yeah. talk. 
Dom really never dies. Slow and right. Yes. It's all about the family. Yes. <laughs> quick, quick, quick story. Give me I, I have been by their house. I have been to that store. And it it's is actually right on the same stadium, street. right? It's right by Dodger Stadium. I've seen it. I've seen it leaving the stadium. Yeah, they're like a block apart. So you, you literally could live at that house and the store. It's on the same street. It's the back entrance mm-hmm. where I can't remember the name, but you kind of go up like the mini hill, yeah, but not hill. in the back, but not yep. on Vince Scully. It's the right. other hill. Right. Yeah, sometimes I have to leave through there. Like I'll come in, they make me park in the middle of freaking nowhere on the right side, and I leave. I'm like, I am 99% positive <laughs> that is the house. Yeah, I've been to the house, I've been to the store. They don't, it's the store looks different now, but you know, it is the store. It's the same front and you go, yep. okay, if you've seen the movie, you're like, yes, this is the place. There you <laughs> go. That's awesome. Um, that's actually a good one. I like that one. Um, you'll never lose a fight because apparently nope. he could beat the rock. Yep. I'm not sure about a that. Car. You never lose a race. You never lose a race. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. No, even if everything's going wrong, somehow you win it. You could jump off a cliff mm-hmm. and guarantee yourself yes. a fine landing. <laughs> yes. You have a, a family that just appears out of nowhere. Your girlfriend remembers you out of just thin air. After she lost her memory. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that'd be one hell of a life right there. That's yeah. a hell of a spot yes. to move into. Um, you know, I said, I couldn't think of one, but that's a great one. <laughs> Maybe I'd have to be uh, O'Connor though instead. Cause I really like him. I like yeah. Minus what happened in reality, but yeah. just his character, I really enjoyed. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of another movie, I I keep thinking of something. I keep going back to Marvel, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that'd be like just being a superhero sounds yes ridiculously awesome to me. Um, I keep wanting to say t- Tony Stark lived a hell of a life until he died. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, but again, what did he die for? Save for this for the world, right? He saved the world, and so, so again, fits his ego. You're gonna have Tony Stark memorials and everything. Exactly, Tony Stark Day. <laughs> I don't know if my ego is as big. I know I got a big ego at times. Um, I'm not know saying you, big. but I know, you but know, I feel just... like I can almost fit it. Because uh, I remember I heard Gabe the other day. I wasn't really paying attention. He yelled something. I was like, "Whose team is it?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh yeah, sure, it's mine." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really put it to context. I'm like. Oh, that's gonna be egotistical. That came off. No, bad. no, no. no. It, it, it's yours now. The mantle has been passed. It's uh, the pa- the torch. I mean, I had my day. <laughs> those days are long gone. I'm pool holes on that team. Oh man! All right, let's get into this. Um, that's a good topic. Um, before we go about yourself, I want to. I want the listeners to learn about you and learn about brother on baseball. But before we get into it, you hit it. Albert Pujols, the Angels kind of have an opportunity to hit the playoffs this year. Yes. Um, They're doing good right now in the division. They're second, I believe. Mm -hmm. Obviously, 20 games in, what can you really say about a team other than than you're like 6-14? and Then you're probably If you're the Rockies, it's over. There you go. That's another one, too. We could talk about their GM. (laughs) Um, But you have an opportunity to make the playoffs. Albert's still in the lineup 99% of the time. At what point do you say – Yes, you're a baseball legend, but it's time for you to one once a week. You're getting at bats. I got to put the people in that can produce, like Walsh. Yeah, you have Otani who had to play the outfield the other day, which I think he should have been doing the whole time. Well, I think he should get away from pitching. That's why. Okay, well you'll you'll have to enlighten. me. I'll have to tell you about that one. But there's opportunities on the field for the younger guys who, at this stage, are better than Pujols. Right? Maybe not a better approach at the plate because most people don't – you don't beat pull holes. Pull holes, knowledge, yeah, on hitting. You're not beating them mentally. You're beating them physically. Yes, exactly. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. So at what point do you say time to shut it down to the machine? I think you just gradually phase him out. 
And it's kind of like, you know, they do in other sports, like your NFL, all of a sudden the rookie starts getting in there, start giving him a couple series or giving him some reps in practice. He's slowly playing more and more. I think with Albert, you're going to start seeing, I think, kind of a similar thing. Because Albert, you know, again, he can read. He knows what numbers are. He's going to say, okay, I'm not doing it. And I'm, you know, yeah, without ever meeting him, I'm sure he has a certain level of pride in his game and his approach. A first ballot Hall of Famer, so yeah, yeah, that, that, his mindset has to be, I am the best, right? It, it is to a point, but he also knows I'm not that anymore. But mm. is he's fighting against any old player? I mean, you're fighting against that. I've had these moments. I can still do it today. Mm-hmm. Versus, no, you can't do it anymore. You can't do it anymore. It's no, time to that, hang that, him up. That, that you used to be able to catch up to Brad Lidge's 98 mile an hour fastball. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys now. The 98-mile-an-hour fastball, you're not doing that. You're not catching up to anything. So now you're going to get beat, and now you got to cheat, and it's just creating all kinds of other problems. So we can't really have you in the lineup anymore, but you just gradually phase them out. If you just said, okay, starting tomorrow, Albert, you're on the bench, that's not really the way to do it. And also you have to think of the business aspects of this also because this was an element of when they signed Albert was, okay, we're going to have him as an angel for his 3,000th hit, his 600th home run. There was an element of that. Well, at this point, there's milestones to reach, yep. but they're not actually possible. He may pass. I think they had him passing maybe like two people on the home run records. Doubt it. But and it, even, then, <laughs> even then, it was questionable yeah. because I think he had to go like hit another 15 or something like that to right. pass two people. Right. Um, I don't have the names on hand. Yeah, but I mean, to do it, you're going to create so much damage on your lineup. Exactly. That, that's that's the question. Yeah. Does it make sense? Um, it's just, to me, I think of A-Rod. Back mm-hmm. in, what is that? Oh, it's been a while now, like 2017, 2016, yeah. or whatever it was, when he came back from the right. steroid uh, scandal, the steroid, put up 30 hip, home runs yeah. with like 20, 270 average. The next year, just father time said it's time. Oh, the hip. And he was, yeah, he couldn't do anything. And anymore. he just couldn't. And right. at one point, they're like, hey, we're going to give you a day. Mm-hmm. But after that, yeah, it's, your special advisor, you'll get your money. Don't worry. But it's time for you to kind of mm-hmm. leave the clubhouse. Yep. And let us do what we have to do on the field. And it kind of worked out. I think they almost made the playoffs that year. That's the yeah. year Aaron Judge came up and all the good stuff started happening for them. I think something like that kind of has to happen for Albert. Oh, I agree. I mean, that would be, to me, the most graceful exit. It's just, you know, convincing Albert. You have to get Albert on board because, you know, you don't want to make it ugly at the end. So, I mean, I think A-Rod, towards the end, he was just about, give me my money and I'll be on my money. I think so, too. I think he was ready for to go into the broadcasting. I yeah. think he was ready for the next yeah. step. Um, from what I've heard, kind of seen online, and kind of heard him talk about is he kind of set up 10 years before. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, baseball is not going to last forever. What's the next step? Yeah. And he started A-Rod Corp, and he started doing a bunch of different investments, mm-hmm. and he got his money up. He got J-Lo, yeah. lost J-Lo, and did right. a bunch of now other he's stuff. he's Timberwolves and all that. Now, now he owns the Timberwolves, and I really think they're going to Seattle, by the way. I just I think in my gut tells me Seattle. He's lived there. He's spent a good chunk of the career, what, six years? Yeah, the beginning of his career, yeah. Exactly. So I think that's a real possibility. But kind of sad to see Albert kind of decline this bad. I think his average finally went over the 300. Mm-hmm. All the other day, 298. Lifetime. Yeah, it's not coming back. And, and it's like, exactly how many hits do you have to get for it to jump up above that 300 right. mark? It's yeah. going to be nearly impossible. Um, if you're Albert and you retire tomorrow, which red jersey goes into the Hall of Fame with you? The Cardinals. That's what I was thinking, too. I think the Angels wasn't successful enough. He had, right. I think, two years. I think right. he's, one of them was like a 245, but right. put up 40 home well, runs. I mean, they made the playoffs a couple times while he was there. You know, it, it, ish. But <laughs> you don't, like, to me, you don't sign that contract if you don't have the intention of, like, when it's all done. Yeah. 
I'm going in as this team. This is where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing before we get off of Albert and on to you. Oh, okay. Um, did you see the recent report um, from the Marlins' former GM kind of talking about when they tried to sign Albert before that big 10-year deal where he's like, yeah. Albert, we know you're like five years older than what you are. Yeah. We can't offer you this. Be realistic. Do you buy into the notion that Albert is older than maybe what it says on his I have, baseball card? I have doubts. I mean, no, I don't doubt. I doubt the, the report. I okay. believe Albert's age in as much as he spent a large portion of his childhood in the U.S. So you're going like he was drafted out of a JUCO in Missouri. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have you there with, yeah. you know, with, with fake paperwork and all that, you know, without getting, you know, too far into the weeds. But you're not going to show up, you know, going through finishing up high school here, going to a JUCO here and all your stuff be five years off. And plus, physically, I mean, you know, you would look at a guy if he's. Have you seen him in high school, though? <laughs> have you seen his high school photos? Yeah. The guy looks like a 30-year-old man already. Yes, he's been physically mature. That was actually why the Rays didn't sign him way back in the day. They had first right of, like, kind of refusal at the guy. Yeah. Because their area scouted saw Albert and tried to get him on the Rays, and the Rays said no. Slow hands, slow feet. They said no thank you. Uh, the Rays didn't have the analytical department they have today to realize maybe what he yeah. could have done. <laughs> I don't think that's a guy that they would have missed out on. Um, but I think I buy, I buy into it. I don't know if he's, like, crazy amount older okay but how do you go from being literally the best player mm-hmm. right arguably he was the best player to ever play at one point yeah give or take He's he had the there. speed yeah. He, had, yeah. he knew how to run the bases right. had a gold glove right fielding yeah like he was everything but at age 30 off the table but i would compare that to like i say like a ken griffey yeah, Ken Griffey was a first half or two. Yeah, Ernie Banks was another one. If you go you way, go. way old yeah, yeah, school. Yeah, no, before he moved to first and everything. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's the eighth same either. So that's, there, there is precedent. There is, you know, stuff there like There has this. been enough. But and I feel like Ken Griffey is more injuries. Yes, but also you just kind of, like I said, but I'm just looking at the, the statistically, first mm. half, second half, it was just two different guys. Yeah. He went from great to, you know, okay, good player, above average player, but not Ken Griffey. Um, I see – Pools from watching him through the years. I mean, he's aged naturally. It's gradually gone worse and worse and worse and worse. It isn't just one day he woke up and he couldn't hit anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, you know, there's been some guys like that through the years. I remember like Paul O'Neill was kind of like that. He could play and then one day he couldn't. Just couldn't play anymore. <laughs> he couldn't play the next day. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to, I need to get a reporter on that one, figure that one out. Somebody's going to okay. have to do some deep diving. But uh, I don't just want to talk about you for a second. Okay. Um, like I said, you've been a big fan the show from the beginning i've learned about you over the years i kind of want the listeners to learn about you a little okay. bit um just to kind of start off love of baseball you're obviously the author of brother on baseball where'd it come from uh, my love of baseball started with my father actually it was more of a family thing my grandfather was a baseball fan dodger fan which you know back i mean again i'm older than you but my grandfather was around you know when jackie robbins is making his debut mm-hmm. Uh, my grandfather's watching baseball. Well, the Dodgers are his team now. Okay. <laughs> you know, gotcha. this is when they were you know, still in Louisiana. And then my father after that, my dad likes the Dodgers. Okay, I'm liking mm-hmm. the Dodgers too. And then moving, flashing forward to me, um, I was a general baseball fan. And, um, but then around 9, 10, because again, baseball was always my thing. Because it was my dad, like, that was the one toy he bought me. Quick story. My mother would buy me the toys. Mm-hmm. My dad wasn't about it. Oh, if I wanted something for baseball, he'd buy it. Oh, we gotcha. could go do that. Yeah. Okay. 
all right, well, I guess I'm liking baseball. And, um, so yeah, it's always been part of my life, you know, ever since I could basically walk a baseball and I played tennis as a kid competitively in tournaments and whatnot, you know, in youth tennis until I was 15. And then there was a day my dad had a tennis racket in one hand, a baseball glove in the other. And he said, pick, cause we're not taking you to tournaments and travel ball, baseball and little league games all the time. So he kind of says tennis. While he's shaking his head from side to side, or is it baseball? While he's nodding his nodding. head up and down. <laughs> okay, Dad, it's baseball. Okay, so then you kind of at fifteen you had to choose. Yes. And um, for a second, it was the right decision, correct? You went on to play mm-hmm. further than most people ever get to play, right? Yes, I played through high school, and then I played at Cal State LA. Uh, I, I was a mediocre, to be kind, uh, left-handed <laughs> reliever. <laughs> I I. It's hard for me to say mediocre. I won't accept mediocre because you're playing at a at a stage where ninety what maybe eighty percent of ball players never get to do is that's just yeah. playing at a four year, mm-hmm. right? Some of us play at two years. Some right. of us don't play at all. High school right. is the end of it. Some people, coach doesn't like that you play multiple sports that so you just don't get to play anymore at all. Right. Um. That that one was for me. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> that was for me. Um. But. I still, you get to a certain point, so I don't want to say mediocre. I feel like mediocre should not be the term you use. Okay, I'll use, Maybe not great. How I'll about say, that? Okay, mediocre for the level? Mediocre. Okay, I'll accept that. That's still good <laughs> everywhere else. Um, so you pitch in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pitch all four years? Yep. So you pitch all four years. Yep. Ever any glimmer, any chance at the next stage? No. Or no, was, and as a player, no. Mm-hmm. Um, as other opportunities, Yes. And it was kind of, I would say, not thinking it all the way through in youth, you know. Uh, but, no, I figured out really when I was in high school that I'm not going to the big leagues because, um, yeah, I'm about like five seven five eight. That's it. So looking at the big league level, um, I had figured out back then a lot of organizations weren't drafting guys under six feet tall. Mm-hmm. And so I had plenty of conversations with scouts about that exact thing. And um, I said, okay, well, that's not going to happen. What else can I do? Mm -hmm. And so that's when I said, okay, well, you mean Cal State doesn't let me pitch there? Oh, okay, well, I'll keep on. You're going to let me keep playing, sure. But there was always scouts at practice. I would always talk to them and things like that. And I had opportunities to go in that direction. You know, scouting. Yeah, scouting, development, even way back in the day. Okay. Like actually a couple of my college teammates, that's what they ended up doing. Oh, okay. I got a teammate who was the Asian Pacific um, head yeah. scout for the Rockies. Oh, okay. He was Korean, so they sent him to Asia. <laughs> I had a guy who was a scout for the Phillies. Uh-huh. You know, so I had, you know, there was a few guys in the, on my team. They ended up going into the, the scouting side of things. Oh, okay. Now that you look at it, mm-hmm. you would, are, are you kind of wishing you would have gone to that route? You wish yeah. somebody would have pushed you more? Yeah, if, if I had to do it over again, I would say I would consider – probably thinking it through saying, yeah, let me go do that because this is something you say you want to do, be in baseball in mm-hmm. some capacity. But also, you remember, again, it's youth, and I hate to use the term youth, but if you're 22, yeah. you know, 22 and 42, you, you two different answers. Exactly. You know, life experiences, things like that. But at 22, I was also kind of, okay, I've been playing baseball. I'm kind of like done with this baseball stuff now. <laughs> Burnt out. Yeah, you've been playing it since the you were B-word. a little kid. And again, if people who haven't played any kind of collegiately or professionally, it really is a grind. It's you're, every day, you know, you're, it's practice, it's games, 
you know, you're at college, your other friends are going off to college parties and this and, and that. You got you're practice. Not. I got practice. I got yeah. this. I can't go. You know? So I was like, man, I'm done with this. Let me just be done with baseball for a minute. And I, I, like I said, I didn't even get to that point. I wish I did. I, I don't know if I had the talent. Mm-hmm. I, I think I could have done some kind of capacity maybe at that level, yeah. figured it out, maybe bulked up eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, just that, that B word, the burnout. I was high school and I got burnt out. Yeah. Like, I didn't enjoy going to practice. I was like, why am I here? Like, I don't enjoy it no more. Right. And I really lost my passion for the game for a little while until, oh, until I met you guys. Yeah. Until I met you guys, like, three, four years out of high school, mm-hmm. came back and found the love again. Yeah. I really felt like, I don't know, I just missed the game. Yeah. Missed the game, being, missed the competitiveness. I right. I, I know you haven't really seen it, but like most people see me, and I'm really, really, really competitive. I've seen I, it. <laughs> I, I feel like I've done a pretty good job of not showing it there because not it's, always, had, it's, not it's, every, it's a period in moments. <laughs> I've had yeah, I've had the broken bat one. Is it that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one. Yeah, that was a bad one. That one. I get to the point where I expect certain stuff from myself, and if I'm doing bad, poorly, yes. I lose it with myself. Whether it's baseball, soccer. Hell, I'll do it at the basketball court. I'm not even a basketball player. I just, right. to me, I if I'm going to go out and do something, I got to go out and do it right. correctly. Maybe I don't have the best work ethic, but when I'm out there, mm-hmm. you get 100%. I'm going to be the, I'm going to try to do my best to be the best out there. Makes complete sense. And so just on that B word, that's why. I was right. just like, I didn't even get to that point. I know what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, the next thing I had was kind of, after baseball, you step away. Uh-huh. But before that, you had a fandom for a team that didn't make much sense to me okay. until we kind of talked about it before. Yeah. Um, like you said, grandfather, Dodgers. Uh-huh. Dad, Dodgers. Uh-huh. Son, Mets. Yes. What happened there? <laughs> so when I was a kid, I was, again, I'll, I'll be dating myself here for your listeners. You know, if you can't tell, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a geezer gamer now <laughs> at this point. So, so um. That being said, when I was about I said, about eight, nine, uh, the Mets had two players back in the day. This is we're back in the 80s now. So back in the time machine, you know, mm-hmm. like Stranger Things, you know, we're, we're, we're living that life. Uh, they had two guys. So they had uh, Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry. And those were my guys. Mm-hmm. So being a young black kid, uh, they look like me. Gotcha. So, I could play like them. They look like me. All right. Those are my guys. Mm-hmm. Because it was one of those, it was right about the time where I start realizing, hey, you're like black kid. You know, there's not too many. You guys like out here at Little League or on yeah. your team. It's like, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> I could probably count on one hand how many black kids I played with and growing up. Right. It just wasn't a common theme. Right. So that being said, so I, again, I had a couple of guys. So they were both on the Mets. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my team now. There you go. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, I think I'm too early, but 90s. Isn't Baker here? Or 80s? Is Dusty Baker here in L.A.? Baker was here in the 70s. Oh, okay. So you yeah. just kind of missed. Mm-hmm. I'll come on. Yeah. Another Dodgers Actually, hit. it's a funny story. My brother, mm-hmm. Dusty Baker, is his favorite person, favorite player. He's a Giant fan because Dusty was the manager. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> that's terrible. I, I can't accept the Giant one. Yeah. that's what He was Dusty. That's where Dusty went. That's that's where, when, okay. Yeah. That's where he's going. Seems fair. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say... It kind of really threw me off because I remember showing up and we're talking like the Mets are doing it. I'm like, the Mets? I'm like, we're in Southern, 
Southern California. I, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand the Angels. I don't understand the Padres. I don't understand the Giants, Seattle. Something like that's all I could watch here or something. But you're like the Mets. I'm like, yeah. all right, here we go. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. Yeah, and also you can remember, you know, as kids are prone to do, uh, the Mets back in the 80s, like mid-80s were good. good. They were right. good. So they were good. They're winning. That's my team. Okay, I, I could get with this. And then little did I know, my in my you know childish ways. The they, time, were, they weren't up to good. Time moves forward, and uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Bad times are around the corner. Little did I know that 86 was like the peak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I lived through 88. I was at all of the playoff games in L.A. Uh, so, you know, you Dodger fans, uh, 88 was a good year. It was a good year. Yeah, it was fun for me with the Mets up until the playoffs started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my father went with me, and, yeah, he tried to be a sympathetic father, but he really couldn't. You know, diehard Dodger fan, mm-hmm. I feel bad for you, but ha-ha, you picked the wrong team, son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, I, that's a good story. I feel like that's a good memory just to have in general, just being there with your dad. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if I've told you, but I've seen a decent – handful of ballparks i used to travel with my grandpa all the time we mm-hmm. go see baseball games and that, that's really like our bonding thing right there has been baseball and going out and seeing old yankee stadium shea stadium city right. field on all these we've, we've had a chance to hit a good amount of the east coast and those are just lifetime memories yes i can't ever i think i started when i was like nine or ten mm-hmm. and i can recall majority of the trip mm-hmm. maybe like a bit here and there where right. i'm like that happened but those are memories that really last a lifetime. So I feel like that's a great, great memory for you, oh, yeah. even though you lost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I was – well, again, looking back on it with the benefit mm-hmm. of time. Yeah. I, I, over time, it's gotten better. When I was, you know, leaving the ballpark, you know, when Hershiser's striking out, you know, was it uh, Howard Johnson in the series? Uh, yeah, I wasn't feeling too good. This is a great memory. This felt like, you know, emotional trauma on a mm-hmm. poor kid. Dad, why'd you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> It's one thing to see it on TV and one thing to see it live, huh? Yeah. Yep. Um, you kind of hit an interesting point. Um, I I, don't, I know we didn't have this on the docket, but you kind of talked about not a lot of black players in baseball. Mm-hmm. 7.6% of the players. You had it on your article. <laughs> there you go. We can talk. We can get into your articles. But what do you think like, really feels contributes to that? Is it just it's not in the neighborhoods? Is it baseball isn't pushed as much? What do you think it is? It is a combination of factors, I would say. It's not one thing. It's not one simple fix. Um, as you just touched on, it isn't really kind of, I hate using the term like in the hood. It's not. Baseball really isn't a thing there. Um, so there is that element of it. Also, uh, I wouldn't say, I won't just use this just for black players. I'll use this just for kind of lower incomes, you know, mm-hmm. socioeconomically disadvantaged people throughout the country. Um, the resources really aren't there and baseball has been kind of priced out. They've been priced out of the game, especially at the youth level. Mm-hmm. So now I can't go to travel ball. I can't go to that tournament. Yeah. So it becomes, well, forget this. And baseball just its structure is an expensive sport. I need a bat. I need a glove. I need a this or that mm-hmm. cleats where let's say a basketball, I just need a ball. You just need a ball <laughs> and some shoes, right? Ball and some shoes or football. You play that, they give you the pads, they give you the helmet, they give you that stuff. So baseball, that's not how it works. Yeah, I want to say I heard it from Matt Barnes. Mm-hmm. Talked about it one time on right. his podcast and kind of talked about, like, why do we tend to go one way other than the other? Mm-hmm. And they kind of said to it, you got to follow the money. Yes. What, where is it easier to go make real money? Mm-hmm. Just wanted to jump on that because he's talking about NBA. 
as soon as I make it to the NBA, mm-hmm. I'm set for life, right? Yep. Now, there's not a lot, as many people, but I have a higher possibility mm-hmm. of making it to the NBA. Same thing with the NFL. You make it. Mm-hmm. You're top, what, three rounds making decent money if you stick around for right. more than those that rookie contract. Mm-hmm. Almost set for life. Right. Baseball, you got to go through the minors. Yes. Well, one, you got to get drafted. Yeah, you got to get drafted. Yeah, you got to get drafted. Good thing is baseball kind of has a billion rounds. Well, they, we'll see how they want to We'll see how it restructures. It. So they went from after, 40 to 5 last year. Now they're going to say that it's 20 this year. We'll see what they're going to do in the next collective bargaining agreement, what they're going to agree to at the mm-hmm. length of the draft. Exactly. So we'll see on that. But you got to go through the minor league system, make it up to the majors. Right now it's early, mm-hmm. but historically 24, yeah. 23, 24, 25. Give it depends on where you're, where you're drafted from, high school or college, things like that. Exactly. You know, And, okay, if we're going to keep this to kind of your – Let's say more specific to the black players. Mm. So we'll just use that since that's what you asked me that, about. That, yeah, because that's <laughs> I, I heard it and, I, and Matt Barnes talked about it. And I really thought about it. Yeah, I've had nobody to have a conversation with about right. it. Yeah, no, I got that you. is one thing for me to talk to Matthew and get his perspective. It's nothing to get your perspective yeah. on it and what you truly think about it. Mm-hmm. So I would also say baseball isn't pushed at, when you're. I can speak as a black person. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert to your listeners. Well, I think you already touched on it, so I think <laughs> okay. everybody knows Yeah, now. yeah. So, just in case they missed it. Um, but it's not really pushed. It's, hey, go play. Or it's you're kind of discouraged from playing. Mm-hmm. Why are you playing that? Or you're not made to feel welcome when you're there. Yeah. So, and I'm not going to go into gory details, but there's been things along the way where I'm like, yeah, this. why am I here? What's going on here? And so it's easy to say, yeah, I'll just go play football, basketball, do something else. I don't need to be here with you guys. Yeah. And so you're constantly fighting against that. And I could say, I mean, again, me, for, I was fortunate where I grew up a kid with money. My parents were well off. I mean, I had nanny, housekeeper, the whole bit. So I wasn't a kid in the hood. So, again, that's part of the reason baseball I could stick because it's, oh, I need another bat. Oh, I need another glove. Hey, Dad, let's let's go to the you know yeah. the sporting goods store. Let's go get one. So, I was fortunate in that regard. But most kids aren't. I mean, this isn't a black thing. This is most kids aren't. Mm-hmm. Just I was just fortunate there. So, and that also contributes to as I said earlier, I played collegiately. Well, you got eleven point seven scholarships. Uh, yeah, even to pick Cal Poly Pomona, Cal State LA, they ain't cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, if I got a kid here who's going to try to play baseball. He's got to try to figure out a way to pay for this stuff. We're doing partial scholarship here, partial scholarship there. Okay, it becomes, I can't pay for this. And, oh, by the way, I can't have a regular job while I'm in college mm-hmm. playing the sport, so how am I going to make it? Okay, I'm not doing that. Whereas, again, as you said, touched on with football, basketball, if I can just make it through this, on the back end of this, hey, I'm, I'm going to – Almost a guarantee. Yeah, I'm going, to show, I'm going to the big time where even if I'm – I'll use a recent – draft pick, let's say I'm Hunter Green, you know, Cincinnati Reds, you know, prospect, you know, gets picked out of high school. He, Royce Lewis was the first pick. Hunter Green was second. Those are your top two. They're both African-American players. I haven't heard of them in the majors, too, and it's been a while. Well, uh, Royce Lewis, he got hurt, blew out his knee in spring training. Mm-hmm. Hunter Green was in camp. He'll be up probably later on this year. But anyway, the like those guys even, you know, it's you still haven't heard of them. You haven't seen them. It's been a couple years later. So am I going to be in the minor leagues, which minor leagues, living wages, that's a whole other it's a, topic. That's another conversation <laughs> for another day, but yeah. it's, it's but then not do I wanna, livable. It's not livable. So am I living off my bonus, my draft bonus? Exactly. That's why I was touching on Hunter Green. Am I going to live off that? You have the the first round draft babies, yeah, right? Right. Who they get the big bonuses right. and maybe second 
maybe third round you're getting third, decent you, money. If you can work it, yeah, get an overslot deal and play yeah, the game. Yeah, then you're a getting bit. the money, yeah. but after that, you're not getting any real money. No. Nope. And it's a lot harder to make it to those minors. And even then, let's just say you make it to the show. Mm-hmm. Nothing's guaranteed once you get there. No. You you could hit three fifty in the minor leagues, come up to the majors and can't hit a buck fifty. Right. It's not even guaranteed at that point. Mm-hmm. So you're it's an investment in yourself, obviously. Yes. But at what point does it make sense or not sense? You have or? to go. I mean, I think for a lot of this is one of my my one big frustration with the black community in terms of baseball uh-huh. is I wish they would push more of their kids to play it and make it more of a thing because there's a lot of opportunity in baseball. Um, again, if you're talking about just on a financial aspect, your highest paid players are your baseball players. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you know, there's no again in terms of a guarantee. This is what I'm taking home. What Mookie Betts is getting from the Dodgers, he's getting it from the Dodgers. There's Mookie goes to you know in their next game, slips on a banana peel, and just that's guaranteed. that. That money, he's getting a check. Yep. <laughs> so put getting um, your your families to understand that if you get there, it can happen. Um, where I think a lot of the black community they get so pigeonholed into the basketball football thing, a lot of talented black athletes get kind of left to the side because now I'm the six foot one inch shooting guard at, you know, Pomona Pitzer. Exactly. Uh, sorry, dude, you're not Steph Curry. You're just some rando, you know, Division three guy. Oh, but if I'm six one guy left fielder at Pomona Pitzer, oh, you can hit, you can throw, you can play. Okay, come with us. Yep. So use that stuff. And, again, baseball right now is starred for that type of athleticism. They're looking for it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's starting to come back. It's slowly, because if you look at some of the recent drafts, you can see that they are really starting to look for black players to kind of get them in there for that exact reason. Some of the guys may be more raw because, again, they haven't spent lifetime playing it. But, you know, I think it, there, there's room for them there on the back end. Well, you kind of touched on it in the raw. It's kind of un- unfair kind of term to use mm-hmm. to me because – Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, you know where I'm going is when you see a scouting report. Yeah, there's never been a black so, gamer in his life. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and it's more, this guy's got raw talent. Yes. This guy is mm-hmm. bigger, stronger, faster, whatever it might be, right? right? But he's raw. Yes. Can we build him into something mm-hmm. rather than – I know where the, where the term comes from, and I, I don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point do you think that kind of changes to where – does it have to be where this kid played from five years old? So he's getting ready to get yeah, drafted no, I mean, where he gets the gamer title. Uh, or do you think that never goes away? It, or slowly, whatever you might It'll think. slowly, I think, because, again, baseball is starting to become more star for athleticism, so you're going to have less of the gamer type guys. Mm. They're going to be less of them around. Because, again, if we're talking baseball, this is a global sport. So they're looking everywhere. I mean, again, if you want to use compared to other sports, you don't have – Dominican players really mm. in the NBA or in the NFL, in the NFL, you know, they really aren't there, you know, or even like a lot of the Asian players, they aren't there. So baseball is kind of diverse, like soccer, I would say it is. It's, it's close. But I mean, soccer obviously is the most popular sport well, on the planet. I just meant from a diversity standpoint. Yeah. Yes. Um, Cause I look at diversity. I look at the NBA. Mm-hmm. I look on the roster. Right. I don't see a lot of Latin players. Nope. Very few, right? Very right. rare that come out of Europe. Every now and then you kind of like see the European, yeah, whatever it might be. Yeah, you look in baseball, you might find a little bit different. You look at soccer, they're literally all different, right? Yeah. Um, that's just kind of like the diversity standpoint I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Where, 
Yeah, baseball is starting to do a better job, I think, with diversifying, starting looking at some of their untapped markets. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like you've had, you know, um, Gift and Gopay for the Pirates a few years ago, your first player born in Africa. You know, he's from South Africa. He made it to the big leagues. So there's a whole continent full of people. You know, Maybe you really we should start looking, right? <laughs> start looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we've got, we're starting to, you know, really start making some more inroads into Asia. We start bringing those guys over. There's a whole South American continent. Uh, I'm sure there's some Brazilians who can throw 94, you know, some um, Peruvian kid or yeah, something. I'm you know, sure. there's a few Brazilians around. I mean, they exist, but trust me, it's a populous place. You know, again, like you remember that movie, Million Dollar Arm? I'm sure yeah. there's some Indians, as we were talking before we started cricket. recording. The cricket, trust me, you could teach a couple of those guys to throw. Believe me, this game, there's room to grow. Well, we kind of touched on our conversation from before. Yeah. Um, like I've said a few times already on here, you are the author of Brother on Baseball. Yes. When you say Brother on Baseball, what does it mean? What is the blog about? What uh, is it to you? To me, I'm going to talk about or write about more succinctly um, the, the, the game from, you know, my perspective. It's not going to be just from a, quote, black perspective. It is not. I mean, I don't mean I am aware of what I am, but I don't filter the world through that lens per se. So I'm not, you know, you know, black is better or what have you. I'm not that person. I mean, good's good, bad's bad, mm. you know. But I understand that there are some differences between people, and there are things that if you are, let's say, uh, a minority in this country, you may view certain situations differently. So you may have that sort of perspective on it. But also, just, again, I have a love of the game, and I've been around it, you know, again, over 40 years. So I think I can offer some insight, and it's not, you know, my relationship to the sport isn't like a casual level. So, I mean, you know, I'm not going to you know, bore you with collective bargaining agreement, you know, what's in it, what's not, what's going to go happen on with the negotiations and things like that. But all those types of things, I mean, I do look at just different angles of the sport. It's just the sport from all sorts of angles, just different things I find interesting that you're not necessarily going to read everywhere, you know, because again, I could do like, you know, like a power ranking, let's say to use something simple, but you can go, okay, well, ESPN's got one, Sports Illustrated's got one, Netflix's got one. So I don't really want to do that. So Mm -hmm. I want to try to come at it from different angles, talk about just some other things, and also try to put some things in a way where more casual or lay fans can, you know, maybe interest them to maybe look into some of these things more, you know. So you might not have thought about, you know, why is it that there's a, okay, I use a esoteric baseball term, why does the 10-5 rule exist? That's a rule in collective bargaining. If you have 10 years in the big leagues, five years in the same club, you can refuse. You basically have a, it's a no trade clause. They can't trade you unless you use a consent to go. Uh, why does that exist? You know, so I could touch on something like that because I find it interesting. Yeah. So it's not just going to be about Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier, Kurt Flood against the reserve clause. I'm not just going to do that. It's going to be much more broad than that. But I'm aware of those things, too. And I think that's great. Uh, you kind of touch about things that are interesting. Yeah. Uh, your last article, Come On Blue, that's terrible. I yeah. really enjoyed um, basically about umpiring this season um, in easy terms or simple terms. It's been weird. Yes. And <laughs> not its greatest. Um, kind of break down what you talked about in that one and well, what is going on this season with umpiring in the Major League, Major League Baseball. The umps, they've had some notable moments early this year. Very um, notable. Very, very early to me. It seems yeah, very yeah, early. It's, it's early. Um, but I wouldn't say the umpiring, if anything, the umpiring is probably the actually, truth be told, the best it's ever been. Mm-hmm. 
again, been around it long enough. If you want to go back to some old school, I know I mentioned it in the article about the umpires. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it. Go look at the 1997 playoffs. Go find game five. Uh, go see what's going on out there with Greg Maddox and Levon Hernandez pitching and Eric Gregg's your home plate umpire. And basically the plate that day, instead of being 17 inches, was like, yeah, basically about 34 inches. I've seen the replay. That's Levon is just literally, I'm going to throw it all the way over here. Yes. Correct? And you're going to strike out every time. Yeah. Charles Johnson wasn't even setting up behind the plate. He was, he was literally setting mm-hmm. up in the other batter's box, and that's just where he was throwing it. And Eric Gregg's calling these pitches for strikes. So we've gotten away from those days where that kind of stuff was common. Or if you knew, okay, I got Eric Gregg back here today. All right, we're going to have a wide zone. You know, okay, no, we don't need to have your zone. It needs to be this is the strike zone. There is a rule book. Uniform zone. Right. I mean, again, I'm not – this is my own personal opinion. I'm not a big fan of interpretations of, like, the rules. It should be the the pitch is a strike, it's a strike. The pitch is a ball, it's a ball. Not pitch framing. The the catcher presented the ball a certain way. Um, You Dodger fans know that you have, like, you know, you've had catchers through the years. They excel at this. Like, I mean, that's – a large part of, say, Yasmani Grandal's value was pitch framing. Mm-hmm. Austin Barnes is good at it. Yeah, you know, that's, a, you know, Will Smith's improving, you know, yeah, but it's like getting a, there. Right. So that, why are these guys playing? Well, okay, I can make a pitch that's not a strike, look like a strike, or I'm working with the umpire to get that call. That shouldn't be. It should be, no, I don't care what you're doing. Where was the pitch? Uh, well, you look at this past weekend, mm-hmm. uh, Caratini. Mm-hmm. He got himself about 20 extra strikes this weekend. <laughs> Um, Got a few. A notable one was yesterday, I believe, bases were loaded for Mookie Betts. Oh, uh, yeah, Mookie Betts, that pitch was not a strike. It was low. Mookie did a good job not getting kicked out. I mean, he did a good job in the moment. because The pitch wasn't a strike. It was a big spot. And they get, you know, called out on a pitch that's clearly not in the strike zone in any which way you want to look at it. Even a Padre fan couldn't say that pitch was a strike and keep a straight face. Exactly. You know, I mean, again, the, the ump tried to make up for it later. The Dodgers got a couple calls that weren't. Mm-hmm. And Mookie had a call later his next at bat it was a curveball oh, yeah, curve on the inside, inside part of the plate mm-hmm. from Melanson that didn't get called that was a strike all day yeah it shouldn't be we're doing makeup calls we're doing this and that it needs to be this is the strike zone it's a ball it's a strike one of my most galling things with the umpires is on uh, stolen base attempts mm-hmm. uh, or the pitcher missing his spot if the ball's over the plate I don't care if the catcher set up over the inside corner you've thrown it over the outside corner it's over the plate well I, I've talked about it on here and I've kind of talked about um, if you go online you, you've seen us on Twitter already yeah. you know I'm on there a decent amount or I'm trying to be mm-hmm. on there a decent amount I'm trying to connect with people and different stuff I see a lot of uh, K zones yeah people will be why isn't this pitch called a strike it's in the strike zone or this pitch was two baseballs off the strike zone, right. off the plate, why is this a strike? Right. And as soon as I see that, it clicks in my head. Dude was set up outside. He probably pinpointed it where the glove was, mm-hmm. and the umpire gave it to him. Right. And the one that wasn't a strike, dude was set up on the other side of the plate, and he he missed a spot. Right. And I, I originally said, if you're doing your job, you're hitting your spots. So you mm-hmm. probably earned that strike. Mm-hmm. Starting to look at it, and it, I think there's too many obvious ones, like you just said, where yeah. it's over the plate. Mm-hmm. I understand your hand stretched mm-hmm. out all the way, mm-hmm. but this ball is down the middle. Right. Or a little bit off the middle, a little bit to the outside yeah. of the plate or inside, wherever you're set up. Mm-hmm. Those calls have to be called. Yes. I understand the egregious ones. 
mm-hmm. where it's just way off the target. You right. want to call it call it a ball. That's fine. Okay. But if it's in that middle area and you call it a ball, mm-hmm. now we have issues. Okay. That's for my perspective on it. I've been as I've been watching more and more. I'm like, all right, we gotta do a better job here. So then I kind of started thinking to myself, tell me what you think of this idea. Okay. We need a relegation system for the umpires. A relegation, okay. Relegation system for the umpires. I can get As it. in a sense where if you're not hitting, let's say, the magic number. The league average is 94% correct on ball strike. All right. Thank you. I was about to say 85. But, okay, if you're not hitting your 94 percentile, if you're Angel Hernandez and you're hitting 89, mm-hmm. you've got to go. Obviously, you need work. You're going to go down to the minors. You can mess with those kids, and you fix your strike zone. As soon as we see you're ready, pop you back up. Okay. What do you think of this idea? Is it possible? Is it possible? Okay, I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but possible using real-world reality, right? Mm -hmm. I make sure I'm basing my answer in reality, not what we would like to see, but what it actually is. Is it possible? No, because you have an umpire's union. So. (laughs) Okay. Is the idea realistic? Is the Maybe idea. not possible, but like, does it make sense the idea makes on sense. something it, like this to happen? It absolutely makes sense. Um, I do feel okay. I'll say this much: I wouldn't want to do it during the season. Say, you know, again, you know, bad week, bad month. But okay, next year we're taking our top-rated, you know, umpires. These are our major league guys, mm-hmm. and you other guys got to go back to AAA if you want to keep, you know, being. If an you want to stay as an umpire, you want to stay as an umpire. Um, then we're going to send you back to the minors and that's where you're going to be. Maybe you can earn your way back up or maybe not. But, um, and I would do this, but you have to do it at all levels. Cause like you said, like rele- relegations, like we're referencing soccer. Yeah. Cause again, if you're in the premier league, you get sit down to the championship then you get down, get sit down to league one then you're down to league two. <laughs> I, I think it should be that so way though. Cause be, yeah, yeah major you're not leagues, getting better. Right. You're not coming up and you're not going to affect the guys that are next. Right. That's what I'm saying. Make sure that there's a, a pipeline for the younger Correct. umpires to come through. Because actually, I mentioned this in the article, it's actually very difficult for the umpires to get to the big leagues. Now, I was going to say that. It's harder for them than it is the players. It gets, there's only so many umpiring positions, and these guys aren't leaving every no, year. There's basically, essentially, it's almost like a lifetime appointment. Exactly. I mean, Joe West is still there for a reason. Angel Hernandez is still there for a reason. After even losing his case. Right. Yeah, but they're still there. You know, they're, they're kind of the last of that dying breed of super old school guy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so you don't want to have it where, you know, again, you just got these guys there for life. So give me my younger guys. Give them a shot. Because also I want younger, because, again, you know, human biology. What, what's your eyesight? What's going on here? Exactly. Also physical conditioning also. Just, you know, can I keep you behind the plate? Keep you focused? Can I get you moving around? not just on the home plate and get you moving around the diamond. Are you in position to be where you need to be? Things like that. You know, yes, there's something to be said for the veteran umpires and their experience and handling situations. Um, but you don't want to have it where, you know, again, you just got some geezer guy back here who's just doing his own thing. You know, just rules don't matter to him. Mm. It's my strike zone. I've decided this is a strike today. It, it can't be. You know, the managers are used to it because they've come up into the they, old system. Exactly. So you don't get too much out of them. The catchers know they can't say much because they're trying to get the call for the pitcher. The pitcher can't say much because he needs to lose the strike zone, right? Right. So, which that shouldn't exist either, but it needs to be, you know, we want excellence. We want this to be right. And again, the umpires are tr- doing the best they can. I'm not saying they're intentionally doing a bad job, but we need to make sure that we're taking some of that piece of color out of the sport. It doesn't need to be where. You're having, you know, again, just 
this guy is being part of the show. Mm. You know, it, it shouldn't be. I agree with that. Uh, are you on the side of electronic strike zones? Yes. Really? Yes. We have the technology. Why? I believe we should use it. And, again, to touch on, like we were discussing earlier about cricket, you know, again, they use, like, a replay system looking at all their calls. So, I mean, their stuff's good enough to the point where it didn't even hit the sticks. They can see where the ball was going. Mm-hmm. So we have the, we use a similar system. Um, use that to aid the umpire and just say, okay, I got a clicker. It indicated strike. Okay, strike one. Mm-hmm. Indicated strike, strike two. Will it change the game? Absolutely. Because now that high strike, that high curveball, high change That's up, exactly where I lead to. A guy like Kershaw whose mm-hmm. curveball is, what, how how big of a break would you say it is? I know it's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, it's about 12, 14, somewhere in there. I throw Easy. the ball up here, yep. but it's going to land literally uh-huh. at your chest. Yep. Is it really hittable? It's Is it hittable? No. But also, I would argue, if you can do that, that's a skill. Everyone can't do that. There's one person would say Clayton Kershaw's curveball dropping it in there like mm-hmm. that. So it's a skill. You need to reward the skill. Don't just say, okay, because it's unfair to the hitter. Well, okay, hitter, I'm also helping you out because now that ball that's a little down, a little away, a little in, I'm not calling that stuff anymore. So you don't need to worry about those pitches. And also you have to remember a lot of – there's the human aspect of hitting the ball. I'm not going to be just throwing letter high fastballs because I can Mm -hmm. because the ball up gets hit in the air over the fence. Yeah. So I'm not trying to live up there either. I mean, there's when one guy, basically Jim Palmer, who made a career of it, Hall of Fame pitcher back in like the 60s and 70s, there aren't too many of those guys. So by and large, you know, the guys, the pitchers are taught to keep the ball down. So you're not going to have guys just dropping curveballs at the top of the zone. Again, if they can do it, great. Great. If you can't. If you can't. Also, if you try to do it, you didn't. It dropped too low. What did I just do? I just hung a curveball to yeah, you. Yeah, now, now that ball is going out. So there is there is a give and take I guess there. I, see, this is why I needed brother on baseball here, man. I needed to have this one because I talked with Maddie about it. Maddie hates Anything new. Maddie says he's a traditionalist, except for Universal DH. Okay. Hey, everybody. So that's going to be the end of episode 67, part A. Make sure you guys catch part B. Uh, Be out right away, right afterwards. Finish our conversation with Jamal. Get into the Astros. A little more Dodger talk. More baseball rules. Everything that you guys want to hear, we got for you. So make sure you stay tuned. Episode 67, part B. As always, everybody, much love.